You're listening to Better on the Inside with John Pyle, part of the TCD Podcast Network. Welcome to Better on the Inside, a podcast about working for a church without losing your soul. My name is John Pyle. I am your host and digital pastor. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, working for a church without losing your soul is a a pretty big mission, and it's a difficult one. My guest today is Robbie Quintero, who's somebody who's been transitioned, right, who's transitioned, and you can hear the air quotes from church and talking about that. And so part of the vision for this podcast is not shying away from difficult topics. And so Robbie is an amazing friend, part of a crew of guys called the Brown Boys that I love dearly. And Robbie's been a friend for quite some time, uh, since he was quite young, and I'll tell a little bit of the story about how we met. Um, but Robbie's been a youth pastor and transitioned from that role uh, recently in the last year and a half. And now, what is life after ministry? That's part of the question. What happens after you leave? What do you do when you've been called by God to be a youth pastor, and then you're no longer doing that? How do you get along? And so Robbie drops some incredibly good knowledge, and it's so good to hear your story because one, I know there's a lot of church hurt for people out there as a volunteer or as somebody who's been on staff or even just somebody who's attended church. It can really hurt when people leave or you've been asked to leave or any of those kinds of things to lose a family. It hurts a lot. And so I think there's some healing in just listening to Robbie's story because it's a reminder that you're not alone. And then I think he has some really practical, helpful things that can help folks in their journey, whether they're going through it now, whether you've gone through it, or whether you might be preparing to go through it because you never know um, you know, if you're looking to walk away from the ministry or anything like that. So I love talking to Robbie. He is an amazing dude whom I love dearly. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed it. I think Robbie liked it too, Um, even though it's processing some pretty difficult things. And so we don't shy away from anything, but Robbie was also very honoring at every turn to all the people, which man, I love him for that. He is such a good dude. Enjoy the episode. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to Better on the Inside. I am sitting here with my good friend, fellow brown boy, wonderful man, Robbie Quintero. How are you, Robbie? I'm doing well. What's up, everyone? Happy to be here. Oh, man. You do have a face for radio, though. I try my best. You're looking good. I got I got really ready today. Yeah. You look so good. I love you. So Robbie and I have known each other for how long now? Seven years? Seven years. Yeah. And you're a young man. You're yeah, still in seven, your 20s. Seven years. I, fun fact, I actually used to be afraid of you. Um <laughs> Tell them why. I just, I Tell just, the story. Uh, I was just a young lad. Just got uh, just got hired on um, as like a part time like youth ministry assistant, and I'm, I'm walking around uh, here at uh, City Church for the first time, and I'm just like looking, and there's so many people, and I'm like, this is way bigger than like our staff downtown. I don't know. What's, and then everybody's, you need to meet John. You need to meet John. And I'm like, oh yeah, like John sounds amazing. And I walk in, and I see this ginormous dude and i i don't know if you were having like a pretty serious conversation you're standing by the it desk so uh-huh. like <laughs> so my guess is that you were pretty frustrated at something um when it comes to because technology now <laughs> than like seven years ago is a lot different yeah. so um so there was a good chance that something wasn't working too great and you had this like very just like like uh like like frown on your mm. face you're, and i was like this guy is the person everybody wants me to meet like i don't <laughs> think so and, and so I remember just being like terrified, just be like, "Hey, like, I'm, like I'm Robbie, and and you are John, and that apparently everybody wants me to meet." And um, 
but you're the nicest and you gave me like the biggest hug ever and then from that moment i was like okay i don't have to fight this guy that's cool you know i thought, I thought it was gonna be one of those you walk into the yard you push yeah, the biggest you gotta dude find and the you're biggest like guy. this is my place now you know what uh, <laughs> that's amazing i love you so much when i am when i'm upset it does radiate energy it, it not a good energy people are kind of like i really don't I really don't want to mess with them. Now, this is for a totally different day, but I've experienced that plenty of times when we played basketball together. Oh, you know? that's true. Um, there there was – and I'll tell you know, just one more. There was a time where I was going up for like, – we, we typically are on the same team. That's right. But this time we the weren't. The power of friendship. The power of friendship. Yeah. We've established it. We've dominated with it. It's that's incredible. Right. Uh, but this week we were not on the same team. And I and your team maybe wasn't doing the greatest. We were not. Um, so I was having a pretty solid game. I was pretty. I was feeling myself a little bit. Yeah. You know, I was doing the Steph Curry shoot turn around. You know, no. kind of land. I'm and I'm driving in to do just a simple layup, and I see the the John that I was afraid of. And I knew exactly who to be, yeah. you know, looked right at me and you yelled as loud as I've heard anybody yell in yeah. a pickup game of basketball yeah. at a you know, local park. And um, and you destroyed my shot and you destroyed me. And I think I ended up like in the ditch, yeah. like right next to the. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. When we played, we played at OP Stable Park, a park that was across the street. And it, the court was like built like on dirt. And so there's the court, there's a little bit of room, and then there's just a ditch. A ditch. And yeah. I blocked Robbie's shot and threw him into the ditch. Pushed him into the ditch? My fault was that I didn't let go of the ball. I think I was <laughs> You were like, no! <laughs> and I don't know if I was going to dunk it on you. You know, like... I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, because I'm definitely like 6'4". So yeah. just for everybody yeah. listening, I'm a 6'4". Yeah, you just got married. I so just got you married. don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, well, I, for this story, I do. Okay, and that makes me seven one. It's seven one. Yeah, you know, okay. I'm five seven, and I thought I was cool. But you were you gonna know. take it. Well, you took it hard, but you you like bristled up against my angry and competitive nature mm -hmm. like both times, and like I'm generally a gener a like a teddy bear, like a gentle teddy bear that likes to give hugs and love people, but when I'm not. It's it can be a little scary, and people don't always. Whether you've seen me on video or like you've heard things, people don't always assume that I'm a large man. But I'm a I'm a pretty large dude. Well, compared to a five seven yeah. uh, <laughs> Hispanic man from San Antonio, <laughs> you're a pretty tall man. Oh, Robbie, I love you so much. Uh, as you can tell, Robbie and I are actually friends, um, and we love each other a ton. But I wanted to have Robbie on better on the inside today because Robbie's done a thing that is challenging. It's mm -hmm. what happens when you leave ministry. Um, and yeah. it's not easy because, Robbie, you were the youth pastor at uh, City Tribe, mm -hmm. City formerly City Church downtown, um, and you transitioned out of that. And I appreciate you sitting down to talk about it because you've experienced something that a lot of people have experienced, and it's really hurt a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that – I think – Transitioning out of ministry maybe has been the most challenging thing I've I've done um, in my life, uh, you know, and I've experienced quite a bit of you know a good amount of uh, my story, but but yeah, I would say the experience of really what it's now been a year and a month, Jeez, you know, now yeah. um, which both feels like, wow, it's barely a year and a month. Like it has felt like forever, but then it's also like, wow, it's already been a year. And, right. you know, and so it's, uh, it's the, the combo of, of just like, man, that feels like yesterday. Yeah. And I can't believe that was 
Then, right. Yeah. Right. We're trying to have full buckets for everybody, but when people that are listening to this might get some ministry PTSD of hearing the word transition. Yeah. Right. Of like, okay, so anybody that's worked for a church staff is sitting here going, okay, so what happened? Yeah. What does transition mean? And so as as deeply as you feel comfortable talking about it, mm-hmm. what did that transition look like for you? Why was that? So I want to approach this in two ways because I want to be very honoring to City Tribe. I thought they were, you know, I thought the way that they handled it and, and you know, my, my pastor and whatnot. I mean, that I felt for the most part it was fair. Okay. Um, transition for me simply means I got fired. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was let go. Um, I was asked, I was dismissed, I guess, as some, some people would, um, would say. And um, there, I don't necessarily know how, how deep to get into this. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'll, I guess I keep it as surface level as possible. There are some things that I agreed with and there are some things that I disagreed with. That is so honoring and a perfect way to say yeah. it. I think it's a great and way so, to honor. And now we can move on. And now we can move on. Yeah, and yeah. we can just say now that happened. On. Yeah, it happened. Yeah. Um, it was, it was uh, back in January 2021. We had just gotten out of 2020, Yeesh. which yeah. for, um, for most – um, in regards to mental health, in regards to really everything that that 2020 kind of threw at us, oh, yeah. um, was for me a, a miserable year. Oh, just yeah. altogether miserable yeah. year. I am maybe the most extroverted person in my friend group regularly. Absolutely. You know? um, I, I thrive around people, and it's it's um, to have that kind of stripped away um, yeah. like instantly. You know, right. it um, for. For some, um, me in particular, it, I think, highlighted a lot of areas in my life that I didn't realize existed, mm. um, a lot of struggles in my life that I didn't realize existed. Right. Um, and it, it was, we we needed a, I guess, like global just shutdown for me to, and as most people realize, man, there's a lot of things that I haven't really dealt with or haven't slowed down enough to face head on. Right. Um, that I, that by staying busy, by doing events and all these things, you're able to, to right. kind of avoid. But, um, there was, a a pastor when I was younger, um, growing up that, that told me, um, either, you know, you remove from your life or God will, you mm. know? Um, and the, the, uh, the hope is that you don't wait until God does. Cause sometimes it's a little bit, it's a little more painful. It's a little bit more painful. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I think that was kind of, the. I would say the beginning of 2020 slash mid 2020 was kind of the, for me, writing was on the wall a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it was, I knew it was something I couldn't go around. Right. Um, you know, there's, I think of the finding Nemo, you know, like, yeah. like, go, <laughs> that, don't go, yeah, don't go through it, go okay. over it. And it's like, you can't this one, you right. have to go through it. And it's, right. Oh, it's brutal. 2020 was rough, especially because at the beginning it was like, this will be a few weeks. Yeah. And then we find ourselves cut off from every coping mechanism besides the most unhealthy ones, mm-hmm. uh, cut off from social interaction, cut off from normalcy in our jobs, cut off from everything. Yeah. And so now we're really stewing in our own juices, for lack of a better term. Like, I mean, we're just there. Mm-hmm. We're there, and all of the junk that's within us is starting to come out. We see it. We I saw it in relationships. I saw it in myself. I saw it in my kids. I saw it in my family. I saw it with everybody. Yeah. Everybody. And so all these things are coming to the surface in a really rough year. You kind of get through that year looking forward, and then you're dismissed. Yeah. 
Right. It's uh, and and so for me, it was you get through twenty twenty. Um, you experience what what you experienced. Yeah. And um, late twenty twenties was when I um connected with my now wife. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was like brutal year. Um, and we're getting towards the end of this year, and I'm like, wow, well, I'm now dating the person that. I'm going to marry. Right. I know that. Right. Um, and. Um, Good call, by the way. Yeah, she's incredible. Good call. I love her to death. You she's nailed the, it. She's the most. I nailed it. Guys, I can't express to you. I nailed it. Okay. Yeah, you got you like She. Yeah. Well, so Robbie is the youngest of this brown boys group, right? Yeah. The rest of us have been married and we kind of like. have, And so we've been just cheering and rooting for Robbie this whole time. And Allison, mm, you got that right. If you're listening, I love you. You're incredible. Oh, I lo- okay. so sweet. It's not about her, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah. I'm, so I, I meet my now wife. Um, we, we're we're dating. Um, everything's going great, and um, and I would say a month into into us dating is when I I I remember I left. Um, I was talking to another one of my pastor friends, um, and we're kind of I'm kind of talking through like, hey, like you know. Uh, in a way, it was like, hey, I messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really, I'm not really proud of, you know, this. Um, hey, what's the, what's the best way to, to go about, you yeah. know, kind of speaking with, um, with Doug and, and really like how to best, you know, kind of right. navigate that. And I remember leaving that conversation, and I, and I got in the car and I and I told Allison, I, I was like, hey, I, I go just heads up, I'm probably gonna get fired tomorrow. Like that was mm-hmm. like the. And, um, and so it was like, we did all the, you know, the praying and the, you know, all the stuff, God, is this where you want us to be and whatnot? Um, and then, um, of course the next day, you know, and so for me, it was like, um, like I felt just devastated in a way, like I was, it's one of those where, where you, you spend, and I don't know, it's just kind of, I don't know if uh, we're kind of getting into this, but yeah, go ahead, go. We, we, um. You spend like for me it was I was there for eight years, mm. um, twenty thirteen to to twenty twenty one, and you you spend your life um, like fighting for your cause, yeah. right? You um, you are you're you're taking you know like you know pay cuts and you're mm. doing like mm-hmm. all these things because you feel like you know hey the Lord has called me to do this job to do this, this to follow this mission right to follow this leader and and um and so to have that same family if you will yeah um say like hey we actually have to let yeah, you we go. gotta let you go which families don't do exactly and so there was so there was the because i never wanted to approach ministry as like this is my job Right. And that's it. Right. right. Separate from your life. Separate from yeah. my life. Like this is like like right now the, the job I have now work for an incredible company. I love them yeah. to death. They're doing like they do a really good job of taking care of us as as employees and whatnot. Um but but uh the to quote D'Angelo Vickers deep yeah. office take, um, <laughs> I live to leave at five. Right? Mm. Like that's like that's that's it. Yeah. So like you five o'clock hits, I don't think about or talk about work until eight a.m. the next day, and like yeah. that's that's it. Right. And but my my biggest, I guess thing was like I it's it was hard for me to make that transition with oh, this yeah. job because um, I didn't want to approach my ministry job in that right. sense. But as are most families, you know, dysfunctional or you know whatever it may be, um, or, or you know at at some level, you know, kind of you know feel I guess entitled to be in. The, the the deep and, and personal parts of right. your life, which 
you know, parts I disagree with at some points and for all ministry, not necessarily just like where I yeah, came from right. is, is, you know, sometimes like you don't necessarily have to know every single little tiny, you know, detail of my dating life or right. my whatever life, or whatever it may right. be. Um, and so, um, and so to, to kind of have to step away from um, a place that I did consider family, a place yeah. that I did, I mean, fight like hard for sacrifice Sac- so much yeah sacrifice so much had ridiculous amounts of like hard conversations of you know of you know whatever it may be mm-hmm. to protect the culture that yeah. you, you so like poured your life into yeah to just from from one day to the next be like well you're no longer a part of that Ugh. and it's it's um it's something that and I, and I tell you this and i tell my wife this that it's something i think about every day there hasn't been a day that i've, I've woken up and gone through my my daily mm, life, yeah. and hasn't haven't had a moment where I've thought about you know wow this. I'm blessed though because the people that I were was friends with, I am still friends with. Okay, um, the people that I did consider family, I still consider family. Yeah. Um, for the most part, yeah. Um, and so I think that's maybe why the transition transition, if you are yeah. transition has, has yeah. been has been a little bit more difficult because I know that there are so many people who do love me who do want to talk to me or spend time with me or whatever it may be. But then also there's, it, it's been the difficulty of, well, how do I separate you from yeah, that? For, well, because it becomes part of your identity when you work for a church for yeah. better or worse. It, like exactly. It's so embedded and entangled in your whole life. Yeah. And I think people that are outside the church don't get that. I Even if you just go to a church and volunteer for a church. So I've, I learned that. Um, when I started to go into the corporate world and start to apply for for jobs and whatnot, yeah. people are not necessarily as impressed that you worked at a church that I thought they were going to be. You know, mm. so so there's the so there's the like I've I've developed all these skills. I've yeah. I've led you know large you know camps and I've I you know organized volunteers and I've yeah. I, I've been a, an accountant and I've admin and I've been an right. administrator. I've done all all these things that you have to be when you're in ministry and. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to to your job interview for this job that you know requires like four different interviews, and <laughs> and and they're like, okay, cool. Um, you we see that you worked at a church, and I'm thinking like, yeah, that's like the only part of my resume. Yeah. Um, aside from like a job that I used to trans- transition out of. Um, shout out for Bernie, go buy yeah. your car there. But but they they I mean from 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 there, and the only thing that they wanted to talk about in in this job interview was. Was, well, tell me about your experience at the six months you had at a car dealership <laughs> when I've had eight years of. <laughs> well, but what are you yeah. going to ask if you're not in the church world? Exactly. Like, you yeah. assume that it's like, oh, you showed up on Sunday and you did stuff. Like mm-hmm. not understanding. You you talked about like five different industries and probably more than a dozen different roles that you had to fill as a yeah. youth pastor. And as a – because you aren't just a youth pastor. You're also – a pastor, mm-hmm. and so you've baptized people, but you've you've done budgets. Yeah, you've put on camps. You fired volunteers. You like I, like you've done all these things that translate to the corporate world. But from the outside, it's like, oh, you work for a church. Mm, let mm-hmm. me tell you. Tell me about selling cars. Yeah, and shout so, out to Ford of Bernie. Shout out Ford of Bernie. You guys are incredible. But yeah, so that I think that was just kind of real realizing, like, hey, my my, and I guess the danger of it mm-hmm. is. Is my identity did become yeah. city tribe. Yeah. My identity did become I am the youth pastor, yeah. right? And um, and there would be um, I, I would have friends and I would have 
peers and, and mentors that would that would ask me like, well, well, who are you aside from from the church? Like sure. if you like if you were to leave today, or if God were to call you, you know, away from from tribe, which, um, you know, I it's it's funny when uh, when because I, I now. Uh, serve alongside uh, my my friend Humby at Akuo um, and Church Akuo. Plan, incredible yeah, yeah. love Akuo um, but when when it was happening there was a slight moment where I was like hey maybe I should go like there but like no I can't leave yeah. this place right and yeah. so like there's like there there are moments like that where I'm like should I have you know and mm. it's just kind of um, I guess the, you know that's like total sidebar but um, but yeah like I I would ask this question like well who are you aside from this or yeah. if you were to leave what would you do right, right. Um, but it was something that I was like well I'm never gonna leave this place right why like, would you why would I you it's know mission it's like passion yeah it's, it's it sucks but it's fun mm-hmm. like it's it's yeah all of it's it. it's um it's I'm doing what I love and like when it's great it's it's beyond like it, I. Only people that have worked in, on a staff in ministry, like I, I feel, really know. Like when it's amazing, it's oh. like, and the Lord's moving, and you're yeah. seeing people get baptized, and yeah. you lead somebody to Christ, and like, yeah. um, and like a student like forgives a parent, or mm. or parents start coming because of students, like like yeah. all like you experience it. It's incredible. It's a high. It's a high. It's and an you, unbelievable. And you just high. go and you and you realize that you worked for a week straight, but you didn't really realize you've worked for yeah. a week straight because you don't care because right. it's it's what you're called to do. Um, but when it's not great, <laughs> mm. um, and, and when it's, when it's not the high or yeah. like the, the camp experience, right. um, then it's, um, if, if your identity is, is only in the church or only in your, your position or your job, it's miserable. Mm. Um, and, and I, anybody who has left ministry, anybody who's in ministry knows like, like it is, it is so dangerous and so, so difficult to get out of the spot of because we're people. Yeah, to get out of the spot of of well, this is who I am, right or die. Right, right. right. Um, and it's it's so difficult. Yeah, how can you when like you have this job that is like everything? Mm-hmm. Like it just it really gets into all parts of your life because it's not just your job. It's also part of your spiritual journey. That's part of what you're talking of. Like your, it's your family and you're growing and you're getting past like, you're you're a part of it. Yeah. And you, and just like, just like the, the students or whoever God trusted you to lead, just like they need your leadership and your pastoring and and God hopefully is using you to, to navigate and, and, and really just, just like using you to, to speak to his people. I mean, you equally need that. For yourself, absolutely. Um, and um, there, I think what it is is there is a lot of pastors, myself included, who wasn't wasn't necessarily as open, maybe with his struggles as maybe I could have been and I should have mm-hmm. been, mm-hmm. truthfully. Um, and and there's this almost this this pride to to have to show people like I'm like I'm fine, like yeah. I'm good, yeah, I'm happy to lead you, and I don't need I don't need anybody to to check on me or right. whatever it may be. Right. And in my time serving, and this is not a Naka City tribe. I want to make that very clear. I, yeah. I love them. Um, in my time serving, the the only people that would regularly check, other, other than like my brown boys or sure. whatever, the only people that would regularly be like, hey, how are you doing? How can we help you? Whatever were, were the students I led. Yeah. And for me, it was, it was at a moment where it's like, 
Am I allowed to share with you? Yeah, that, there's only so much you can talk yeah, to. Yeah, like I'm not really, about. I can't really share with you that like, oh, I just went through a breakup or oh, I just, you know, yeah. whatever. Because um, like that, like that was just kind of, the, and so um, I guess for anybody who is in ministry or even those who are like maybe just volunteering, whatever, yeah. check on your pastors, right? Yeah. Ask them how they're doing. Please do. Pray for them. Whatever whatever you feel called to do, it's the uh it's the if you if you feel any any sort of encouragement for somebody, why would you not tell them? Why would That's you rob so them of true. that? So true. Um and so so if you do if you do serve under somebody or whatever, ask how they're doing. Because they, they desperately need you to ask them how they're doing. Yeah, but you talked about something that's so important and and it's not even a city tribe thing. The whole reason this podcast exists mm-hmm. is because folks in a position like we have been and you have been and I have been you don't have options. Yeah. It, like it, it's one thing, like we can all take our part, right? We can all own our part of like, hey, maybe I didn't tell enough people, right? Maybe I wasn't mm-hmm. transparent enough. We can take our part. But like to give like some grace to our leadership of churches aren't set up to have options to help the people that are serving. Yeah. A, a lot of churches and most of the churches that I've talked to and people that I've talked to from other churches of the mission is always pointed out. And it's an amazing mission, right? Mm-hmm. It's always pointed out. And so you get these highs, you get these amazing things. Yeah. But you, we can really use people up in the process. And you don't know that you're being used until it's done. Yeah. That's the hard. You don't know until you hit a wall, whether you've been transitioned, right? Mm-hmm. Or whether you stopped volunteering or whether you've had to step away for a season or whether you're just in it and burn out. You don't, you didn't know that you were part of a machine because it felt like you were part of a family. Yeah. And that is one of the most heartbreaking, almost like betrayal. Yeah. Like, and it's, this isn't blaming a person. This is not about a person. It's the system, Mm -hmm. right? You feel betrayed almost of like, wait, how come you weren't pouring into me when I needed you? And now I'm just, you feel discarded. Yeah. And that hurts. That was, I think that was the perfect way to describe how how I was feeling, yeah. um, how how I experienced it, um, it was like, man, you guys just like, like now that I wasn't, I guess the story I'm telling myself, yeah, yeah, is now that I'm not performing the way maybe you hoped in a pandemic mm. or maybe the whatever, mm-hmm. um, like you guys found me uh, to. Like you just found a way to just be like, okay, like, yeah, see you later, go figure it out, you know. Like, and the train rolls on. And the train right? rolls it on. It didn't stop. It's not like yeah. we stopped because Robbie's not here. Exactly. It's like it just no, keeps going. It was like, yeah, it was like, okay, cool. Like, and you know, like I said, place full of you know people, we're yeah, humans, absolutely. Um, so so it's understandable, yeah. like. How I mean, because at the end of the day, like, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to keep rolling. Yeah, they can't stop. They can't. They can't stop. It's and, too important. Yeah, and so that was that was kind of like the the what I was struggling with was like, man, I felt so just bailed on, but yeah. at the same time, like, I can't get mad at you for keep going because you have right. to keep going. Like, what are you right. going to do? Like, pandemic number two because Robbie's yeah. gone. And like, it doesn't sure. make any sense. So sure. So that's kind of yeah. Well, I get that, and then you get to a place where. It's one of those things where, again, the, the what I saw and the reason this podcast exists is it's too late to fix it then. Yeah. It, and, and it's not anybody's fault with how people transition off of like, well, I'm not expecting them to like mourn my loss in front of the congregation, right? It's mm-hmm. like we have we still have students to baptize. We still have families to save. We still have marriages to fix. Like we still have the mission of Jesus. They need to hear the good news. 
But at the same time, like, what if we fix the system so it wasn't chewing people up and spitting them out? Yeah. Because it is easy to lose your soul when you work for a church. Mm -hmm. It just is. So, Robbie, what what would you recommend? What would you say to people who are going through this transition that I'm putting in air quotes, right, that have either been dismissed or asked to leave or left or or anything like that, or people who may experience that? Like, what would you tell them now that you've been on the other side of it? Um, I guess, okay, so first thing is um, your church, your pastor— um, the, your coworkers or the people that you maybe have left, um, they are, are not God. Mm. Um, and whether you're in ministry right now or have transitioned out and, um, whatever it may be, the, the biggest advice that I got from, from, uh, one of my friends, Pastor Lee Wong yeah. was, shout out to Pastor Lee, Pastor Lee was, um, take this opportunity uh, to get to know Jesus for who he actually is. Yeah. Um, like really get to know Jesus. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I would say that this stepping away from, from ministry has been really my first opportunity to, to be, to slow down enough Mm -hmm. to really have a heightened focus on, like, I literally have nothing else to focus on other than, right. Well, Jesus, like I, I know who you are while I served the church, mm-hmm. but I don't really know who you are for me. Yeah, and and I think that's that's probably the biggest the biggest thing is that this is just a really good opportunity to get to know who Jesus is. Yeah, um, and how he really like feels about you. Right. Um, second thing, and is the biggest thing that I battled with um, up until recently um, was, and I, and I think I, I told you this. Um, was, um, you know, I guess the way that you speak to yourself in this time mm. um, is is going to be huge. Yeah. Um, and it kind of goes hand in hand with how Jesus feels about you and, right. and how he speaks to you. Right. Um, and um, I guess the biggest thing is just to just understand and know that, that because you were dismissed or fired or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, that does not disqualify you from continuing to serve the Lord, right. where you're called. Come on. Um, because what I experienced, and I think what the biggest battle is, is I no longer have this position anymore, but I have this huge calling in my heart to right. do it still. Right. Um, and so, um, but but I guess just understanding again, it's, it's the introvert or the extrovert in me, and the yeah. uh, the the constant go 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 is is it's okay to just like like relax for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and rediscover who who you what your identity really is and who right. you are and um, in Christ because it's been um, in this moment it's been just ridiculously incredible to to get to see and get to know um, who Jesus is and, and really how he how he views me yeah um, I mean because then you regularly you know think about I mean there's examples and examples of people who have maybe I guess not met the mark of what a Christian leader should be or, or not haven't necessarily um, accomplished what or or in I guess in in uh, firing terms have not met the standards of um, of the church for a leader right right um, but you think of like just moments where Jesus you know looks at Peter after you know he denied him mm. and immediately reinstated him was like yeah. oh, go feed my sheep right, right. like right um, so like there's like you know the way the reason why I say hey you're not disqualified is because like again if you're taking time to get to know who Christ is. 
you'll know that um, that the moment that you left is also the moment that you were restored by Jesus' scandalous grace. Yeah. And how he feels Absolutely. about you and how he loves you. So, um, so I think that's the that's the biggest thing because it, and and also like be kind to yourself. You know, yeah. um, you're you're human, just like the person who fired you is human. You're human, just like the staff member you didn't get along with, or yeah. you're 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 human, just like um, just like the the church as a whole. So, so really, just as best you can be be kind to yourself. Yeah. Um, and last one, talk to somebody about it. Yes. Like. Talk talk to somebody about it. Have the um, you you wrote this this article about having that group that that can get you fired. Oh yeah, right. Well, well, you're already fired. So just yeah. <laughs> so just just, it all just put it out there yeah. to somebody that you trust, somebody that's not going to go and uh, and turn around and share you know how you're feeling with the world, but right. but share it with somebody that you trust because you do have to put those feelings somewhere, right? Um, and and um and. You know, yes, it's important to be honoring, but it's also important to to express how you feel because yeah. um, because those can easily, you know, those could have easily affected how I how I interacted with my wife. That could have easily affected right. how I interacted with with you know my family or my friends or my current employer. Like yeah. it, it could have easily, and so it's important to get those those feelings out because they're valid and they're real, and um, and the pain again is unexplainable. Yeah. Um, that that you do have to kind of put them somewhere, and um, and then. Um, it's it's good to have those feelings validated, but then also it's good to have a good, clean perspective of your situation. Yeah, somebody who can pull out the some of the opinions and the facts, mm-hmm. right, and be like, "Hey, I know you feel like that, but look at this part." Or, Whoa. yeah, um, which is cool. But you said something so important. I mean, one is just about kindness to yourself, right? You're in this identity crisis. Yeah, and life is seasonal for everybody. Whether you work in ministry or not, like Jesus doesn't abide by our quarters and our time frames, mm-hmm. right? And so life is seasonal. And so take it as a season where you can get back in touch with your real identity. And the point that you had about gifting and calling, like we get our gifts from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. They don't get revoked if we stumble or fail or whatever, because it, at some point you're talking arbitrary lines of sin. Yeah. Of like, oh, well, this person clearly has their gifts taken away and this person hasn't. It's like, well, that's not how it works. Like, if you're gifted, if you're called, you're going to do that, whether you're employed, volunteering, or not. That's just, it is it is what it is. Exactly. And there are seasons, though, where you can be restored, just personally. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that's been a season. You've got a great blessing in that season with Allison. Absolutely. Yeah. She's been... Amazing. Like I can't I can't express to you. I mean, I would be in a totally different place, I think, um, if it wasn't for my wife. And mm-hmm. like she's been encouraging. Um, you know, when I when I um when I I so I, you know, let her know, hey, Sunday I'm probably gonna be let go. Monday I was let go. Yeah. Um and I got um back to at, at her time it was her apartment and so I I, I got to, to her place and um, and I told her like, Hey, I got let go. And I was like, I totally get it. If like, this is not, you know, if you're not totally into dating a dude that just got yeah. canned and yeah. doesn't really know what to do. Um, but we're really from, from the moment, um, that I had that hard conversation at, at tribe that day to, to now, I mean, she's been, you know, encouraging. She, she has constantly reminded me of who I am in Christ, even if I didn't really necessarily feel that, um, way of myself, which yeah. has just been just ridiculous. And, um, she, uh, I mean, any, anything that I 
feel passionate about or anything that like, I, I always have these crazy ideas of like, oh, we're going to do this. Yeah. Um, and she, she's just, she's in. And it's just been just ridiculously um, incredible to, uh, to really have that person to spend my life with. Um, but she's as close to a perfect human being as I've ever met. So like, I just, oh. I, I'm crazy. I'm obviously I'm crazy about this woman, but like, yeah. but, but even, I mean, to have to experience something, uh, really one of the bigger challenges um, early in our relationship that I think we'll, we'll ever experience has been um, just a true tell of, you know, who she is in Christ. That's um, right. And and because of that, she was able to remind me of who I was. And so I really appreciated yeah. that. Yeah. Well, dude, something that I'll compliment you on is that you did look for the blessings. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't just take this time of like, everything is terrible. And it, it would be really easy to go to self-pity. Mm-hmm. It would be really easy to go to blame of they're bad, I'm good. It'd be really, but you didn't do all that. And so I think because you were looking at the blessings piece of it, I think that you were finding, I won't say meaning, but finding opportunity. Yeah. And and again, it goes back to, so you're in ministry, you, you do all the things, right? You mm-hmm. baptize, pray with people to receive Christ. Um, you're, you're, you're providing food for the homeless. You're doing all, you're doing all the things, right? right. That, that give you that high. Right. Um, when, when you're not on a staff, you can still do those things. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a little bit more awkward. Sure. Cause it's out of the context of the church. It's yeah. going to be kind of like, it's going to be a little bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it had, it gave me a better understanding of again. Well, now it gives me a better understanding of like all the things that we call our people to do, like, like <laughs> go and like share Christ at work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Go and go and pray for that person that whatever, yeah. right? And it's like it's like you're when you're in it and you're doing it, it's like, man, I'm so sorry that I spoke to you like this was the <laughs> easiest thing in the entire planet. Because it is it is very much not. Yeah. But um it's it's just as rewarding. And um when you when you I guess take the moments to to kind of stop and realize like God, you're still working at this car dealership that I don't want to be at, but you know what? It's it's I'm using it to yeah. transition to what, what I want to do. Like you're God, you're using it still um, when when I'm interacting with you know with this business or whatever right. it may be. Um, like 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 the God is still God, right? And he's still mm-hmm. gonna move, and you're still called to do what you're gonna do. So 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 do it. Um, it's gonna be yeah, a little bit challenging, but you know it's pretty. Yeah. Well, your call doesn't come from the 501c3 organization, right? No. That's the, that is something that people wrestle with, the spiritual community and the, and the 501c3 organization. Mm-hmm. That's a great point, though. It's a great point. Now, not everybody's going to get married, right, when they get <laughs> – No. So, yeah, so leaving ministry doesn't mean like, oh, like, you know, all your wildest dreams are going to start yeah. coming true, you right. know, that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know exactly where you're going with that, but, but I'm in. <laughs> yeah, here's where I'm going. There are good things there. And yeah, I, think you, I think there's going to be, in all of the things that you recommended people to do, it required you to lean in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, had to, you had to seek out people. You had to ask for the help that maybe you weren't asking for before. And you had work to do. And so I think for the people that are experiencing this or may experience it and find this at some point, there's some really good advice that you just gave because you've gone through it. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, we'll just do this. It's like... It, because the reason that I like the advice is that there's tension to it of yeah. where it's like, hey, you really have to restore yourself and it's really important and, you know, God's going to invest in you. And it's also like, don't stop your calling. Yeah. Right? Don't stop what God has gifted you to do. And that tension is healthy 
Because God is going to call everybody to something different, different seasons, different stuff, different everything. And so it's cool to see those gifts exercised. But it is funny, though. Once you're on the other side of it, and we were talking about this earlier, but it's like, it's easy to be like, I can't believe my volunteers aren't showing up. And, blah, 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 blah. and then it's like, oh, dude, when's the last time you slept in on a Sunday? That's like, yeah. You want to talk about a high. So I did that today. So one of my biggest, yeah, biggest like pain points in, in working in ministry was, was really, you're going to call out today, you know, like, yeah. you know, that kind of, and then, and then now I'm on the other side of it and it's like, okay, church 10 AM, but my wife's like, but cuddles till 11 AM. And yeah. I'm just like, yeah, you know what? You I know totally what? get it. And so I get it. It's yeah. you, if you're in ministry, I, I, I do feel for you because I remember what it's like to have to be at church all day Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me tell you, you know, sleeping in on a Sunday is one of the most magical, like anointed it's things. It's so be. beautiful. <laughs> it is from the Lord. Like it is. it is a gift from the Lord. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Well, I got we got to figure out how to do that and still work in a church. I got to figure that. We out. need another pandemic. That's what yeah. we need. <laughs> I don't mean that. Yeah, don't, okay. I don't mean that. But we're, okay, we're recording this at the end of February. <laughs> if another pandemic happens, it's on your head. Robbie. I don't. I don't mean that because okay. that was that was miserable. I, you know, but. Yeah. But, but uh, the sleeping in part was nice. Yeah. Well, it was really nice for me to not have to like. It's just like I see why people do this. And there were certainly moments where I'm like, why does anybody come to church on Sunday? <laughs> like, I, I would just sit there and I would watch online either in the morning or later. And we would watch, we'd have brunch and we'd watch football and, mm-hmm. or we wouldn't, we'd watch a movie and we would just all hang out. And it's like, this is amazing. And it's addicting. And so when it was time to come back in person, it was like, oh, and like, I love my job. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love being here. I'm extroverted like you. I love people. I love going out, getting hugs, saying hello to people, like praying for people, doing all that. Love it. I was like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. And I'd be like, because I, I have to set my alarm on Sunday. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, on Saturday night, right? And then if you, you know because I'm married, like my wife has Saturday and Sunday off. She's a teacher, very rigid schedule. She has Saturday and Sunday off. I have Friday and Saturday off. And so we have one day that overlaps. When I was getting Sunday with them, it was amazing. So we got to we gotta figure out how to make, one of the ways to make churches better on the inside is to be able to have brunch on Sunday. Exactly. And not, okay, we got to, maybe we have brunch church. You want to plan a church, Robbie? I'm in. Brunch church, where we just meet up and we eat brunch and we talk about our stuff and we meet at other times during the week. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I'm in. Dang, I think we just launched something. Uh, Hollandaise and holiness. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, Well, so, Robbie, you are awesome. You are a youth pastor. Uh, You are. I am. Right? Whether you're, you know, you care about the youth and the kids and anything like that. What kind of things do you see? Because we've talked about your journey because part of the podcast, right, better on the inside, what, you know, helping church build better culture so that Mm -hmm. people don't get chewed up and spit out. Uh, You don't have to lose your soul when you work for a church. What are the things that you're seeing from the teens that are in this pandemic? Like what, what are the shifts you're seeing? What advice would you give to anybody who's trying to help teenagers right now? Well, I think the, the biggest thing that I think just not necessarily just teens, but I think people just like um, in general, I mean, mental health has been the, a huge right focus, a big yeah. shift in 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 how we focus, and right. um, we're we're doing a really a much better job of kind of putting that 
um, first. And so I think um, I think being able to, if, if you are leading teens, if you're pouring into them, I, I mean, if you haven't taken a moment to do any sort of like, you know, study or training in, in any sort of thing to help identify in mental health struggles yeah. like depression or anxieties and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that would be super worth, um, your time. Right. Um, I remember, I mean, I was, uh, I was, I mean, cause now I, now that I'm married, I'm super blessed with, with now I have, uh, I have a whole bunch of, I have two nieces and a nephew that I recently just became uncle of. And right. then I have two nephews, they're babies, but then, you know, but, but I was, I was, uh, riding around with my, my nephew and, um, we're, we're kind of talking and whatnot. And to have this, you know, this, well, he's, uh, I want to say he's 10, um, to have him kind of have this, come to this realization of like, uh, I think I have anxiety, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, it's like, okay, cool. You know, I'm glad that we were able to identify that. Yeah. Um, so let me, let me do all I can to kind of help you navigate right. through this because anybody who has anxiety, which I do pretty severely and, yeah. um, you know, part of, part of, I guess my, uh, continued, I guess, wound that I'm, I'm, you know, still having to forgive daily and kind of right. work through is, is this like really enhanced anxiety that I've experienced since leaving mm -hmm. um, the church. And I think around, around every, every one-on-one uh, -on -one meeting I have with my managers now, yeah. I, I believe it's like a, this is a firing, right? This again. is happening yeah. again. And so, um, so it's kind of one of those where I'm learning how to navigate. Well, now I'm trying to identify that in my, in my nephew and, and, you know, um, and so just being able to, to stop and acknowledge that, you know, it's very real, um, that um, there are practices that we need to, I guess, encourage our, our students to, to lean into. Yeah. Um, prayer is important. Absolutely. But it's, it's, uh, it's prayer paired, you know? Yeah. Ooh, um, nice. And so that's, that's like, you know, really important um, to, you know, for that. Um, I also uh, think that, um I think getting I, because because now we're we're never going to be the same. You know, we're mm. it's it's do we wear a mask here? Do we not? Yeah. You know, is it safe? Is it not? You know, kind of thing. Um, and so so there's there's the normal I guess anxiety, but then there's the extra layer of yes. of sickness around every corner type yeah. of thing. And so um, on those Wednesday nights or Sunday nights or whenever you're meeting with um, with your students, you know, just uh, doing a, a healthy check-in, you know, it's, yes, you, the, the message you have on hand is important. Yeah. Absolutely. God gave it to you. It's your responsibility to go and, and deliver it. Um, but, but you're also given the responsibility, um, to, to protect your students at all times. And, yeah. and I think it within the battle of mental health, I think it's important to be able to, to, to pause every once in a while to walk around, yeah. check in on that kid eating pizza, make sure he's, he's doing one man, fine mentally and whatnot. So, yeah, Robbie, that's an amazing point. And as somebody who deals with anxiety and depression myself, like pretty significantly, one, just saying that out loud, that is a statement. Mm -hmm. It's destigmatizing like, Hey, I'm a pastor that like goes to see a counselor and also takes meds and, you know, also prays and yeah. does all of these things. And so we want to destigmatize that. But Robbie, what you talk about, it's it's a crisis. Mm -hmm. It's a mental health crisis. And even if you didn't see that before the pandemic, with the added strain of the anxiety, pandemic-related anxiety on top of an already increased level of anxiety from kids, I, like not – and, you know, it's as adults, it's easy to go, what are they anxious about? It's like, well, they have no agency over the world and all these things are happening to them. Yeah. Like, of course you have anxiety. 
And so it's a crisis. And so I just want to say out there, youth pastor or youth worker or youth volunteer or just somebody who cares about teenagers, teachers, anybody who cares about kids, I'm giving you permission to throw the lesson plan out the window for a week at least. Yeah. Like throw it out the window and make sure your kids are okay. That's the human thing. Yeah, because they they know what's going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, they know they know what's going on with their parents. They know what's yeah. going on. I mean, I'm not even just talking about like yeah. like social media. Like, right. first of all, that's a whole other thing that like most of us didn't have to grow up oh, with, my and goodness. most of us didn't have. Thank God, I would, yeah. I don't know that I'd be doing what I did if there was social media evidence of what I did when I was a kid. Yeah, when I was when I was uh, in high school, middle school, that kind of stuff, and I had any sort of social media at all. Like I was posting stuff like "Here's me in the snow," like you know, like it wasn't. <laughs> Like, you know, like there was no like anything other than like, here's me. It snowed. Look, I, I, can't. T- I have a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> like I, like I, like there was a, there was a, uh, um, a, a product that came out called, um, batter blast. I don't know if you remember. It was like, it was basically like, like pancake batter in a can. No. So you just spray it onto the pan or whatever. Well, I, I, the infomercial for it was incredible. And so when I see it in HEB, I would get yeah. real excited. So I take a picture with it and just post yeah. it to social media. Like, who cares? Right. <laughs> Like it's, it, but but now you have you know uh, filters and all these things that people are trying to. I mean, adults are trying yeah. to to make our our highlight reel look as amazing as possible. That's right. Like your students are doing the same exact thing. You know, they're yeah. they're but but they're having test anxiety and they're having all these other things and you know just comparing themselves to each other. But then on top of that, you add on the pandemic. You add on the 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 uh, the, the the strain at home between parents. You add on the. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, I mean, you name it, the the war going yeah, on right now. Right. I mean, like they like they know what's what's going on. Um, they know when when there's a school shooting. They know when a kid at a you know the rival school killed himself. Like they yeah. like they yeah. they know. So so why not talk to them like they know? And mm. so that so I mean, if I can go back and do it again, I would I would totally shift my focus to yeah. to I'm not talking to to a kindergartner, you yeah. know. And and I'm not here just to tell you about you know about Noah's Ark, but I'm but I'm here to right. to address like hey you guys have real feelings you are you understand what's going on, um, and and you just need a safe place to to yeah. be able to express it and talk about it Dude. and and really figure out where the heck God is in this whole thing right yeah. and so and so it's really just and then on top of that they're trying to figure out. What even? Who even is God? And, yeah, and what right. You, and what do you mean? I have to have this relationship with? And like, yeah. and so that's even a whole other like. It's a whole other thing. layer yeah. of like, so, what is? It's 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 making it not my parents' thing. Right? Exactly. You're you're beca- yeah. deciding if faith is going to be your thing. Yeah. Or in our, I guess, a lot of in our case too, uh, serving downtown ministry wise, it was it was, well, how do I make this my thing? And my parents be cool with it, you know. Like right. so, like, there's there's also that that side oh of it as well. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, just just take a moment, take a beat, you know. If if uh, and, and, and I mean, in your own prayer time as you're preparing or whatnot. Again, if you're in ministry right now and you are leading students, now is your time to really, if you can, um, take a moment to to figure out who Jesus is for you. Yeah. Um, because that's only going to point you in the direction of who of how to to present Christ to yeah. others. Um, and then, uh, oh, the, the biggest thing when I got hired for the first, uh, back in 2014, you were like 12. I was, yeah, I was, uh, I think I was 20. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was 20, but close. I looked yeah. like I was 12. I you had no beard. Like you I had, 12. Yeah. Um, was, uh, I was, I was sitting with 
HR, like Tammy, mm-hmm. fantastic lady. And shout she, out to Tammy Dodds. Shout out to Tammy. And she, the first thing she told me was, was, um, was the preparation that you do for your job does not take place and should not take place of your own personal God time. Yeah. Um, and over the years, if anybody knows, it's easy for those things Just to kind of blend get together. blended together. Yep. Um, so if you haven't had the opportunity to to slow down and make your God time your God time and see what Lord's pouring into you and speaking to you, I would encourage that because that's yeah. really going to help you um, as you continue. Because again, yeah. pandemic-wise, and I, I've never poured out of a more empty place in my entire life. Mm. Um, and and um, you only, I mean, it's only our human nature to cope with anything other than yeah. who Christ is. Yeah. And so, Dude, okay, amazing points. How can you tell teenagers about Jesus if you don't know who Jesus is for you? Yeah. Not who Jesus is, who is Jesus for you? And then the other point that I thought was so amazing is talk to them like they know because they do. They do. Yeah, talk to them like they understand. And don't be like, so mm-hmm. there's Mr. Coronavirus. Or not even that, or it's really more like that. And, yeah. and, and even like just like just don't avoid the topic. Yeah, keep it real. Yeah, I mean the some of the more more powerful, I guess more, I guess you know, where I felt like man, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing is when I when I kind of stepped out and wasn't yeah. afraid to talk about suicide right. in in school or talk about you know those the mental health issues or right. um, whatever it may be. Now, now of course you know anything. I mean, there's also the I understand the struggle of like, well, sure. this is aligned with like how my church is. Leading yeah, does, yeah, it, does yeah. it align within like what you know what like is is my pastor going to be proud of who I'm like how mm. I'm presenting this that kind of stuff and it's okay to present those to your team first to get yeah. to get wise counsel on it but but I mean just it's okay to to step into those it's only yeah. going to make a bigger impact I mean there's yeah because people are telling them about that and you want to tell them the right thing yeah because I like the t- what you talked about with social media is they're getting these messages about how they should feel when these awful things happen mm-hmm. or how they should feel when they feel this inadequacy or what they should turn to or how they should deal with it. And if we're not willing to engage in a significant way, we're just getting left behind. Yeah. Because it's the, it, church doesn't hold, for most kids, church doesn't hold the same like sacred place of like, oh, well, a church says it, so I have to do it. It's like you're another voice. And a lot of the other voices are doing a better job of getting out there and actually addressing it head on. Yeah. Like you said, not from an angle. Like, get to the elephants in the room. What are your kids struggling with? They're struggling with their mental health. They're struggling with the pandemic. They're struggling with grades. They're struggling with hormones and sex. They're struggling with all the normal kid things. Yeah. And then us as a church go, oh, by the way, the way to avoid hell is to figure out who you are in Christ. Like, you know, it's yeah. just like, <laughs> right. and it's like, okay. You know, oh, so you're bringing hell into this yeah, now? I was so, just trying not to get an F. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's like okay. You oh know? man. Um. So so I mean they they I mean they have so much on their plate. Um. And you get two hours a week. Mm. You know, if they're just coming to your regularly yeah. program to to have any sort of influence, any sort of you know whatever. So 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 why not you know allow them to have the freedom to be able to express. What they're going through, how they're yeah. feeling, Ooh, that kind of stuff. That's good. Yeah. Somebody's going to use that. I hope so. Yeah, that's really good, Robbie. All right. This is the point in the podcast where I don't have a song for it yet, mm-hmm. uh, but I either, Garrett, we either need to create a song or I, you just have to continue to let me sing it every single week. And it changes all the time. We're just going to have to keep going. We're entering the non-judgment zone of joy. 
where you get to tell, I'm going to ask you a simple question and you can prepare before I sing. Like what's bringing you joy right now? Some people talk about pop culture. Some people bring about other, talk about other stuff, but you could just talk about what's bringing you joy. Cause one of the things that I see missing so often from people is joy. We have such a serious mission and such a serious thing. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to miss the joy and just take a moment to celebrate something that's big, small. Somebody picked like their grandchildren, which is like, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. Uh, Then other folks have been like, Ozark. And so whatever you, and so now I'll sing the song. It's the non-judgment zone of joy. The non-judgment zone of joy. We talk about things that bring you joy. Aren't we going to do that? Yeah, my boy. Non-judgment zone of joy. Oh, oh, oh. That was good. Thank you. That was good. I feel like I nailed Non-judgment. It. Non-judgment z- zone of joy. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, man, there's, there's a lot. Um, I have a lot to be, to be joyful for. I would say the, the biggest, uh, the big, okay. So the thing that brings me the most joy right now, um, is, and again, I, I've talked about my wife so much and I'm going to talk about her more, but, um, any moment that I get to, to sit and watch a Spurs game with my wife, ding, 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 that is the correct answer. Your wife is is the correct answer. It's no, but I mean, it's, there's, there's something about, uh, there's something about, and and specifically is when there is a somebody shoots a long three pointer yeah. or somebody gets a dunk or whatever, yeah. and she reacts to it. Oh yeah, it's, it, it makes me so happy, and I'm just like, I'm just like, I know you don't want to do this, but I so much appreciate oh. that you're actually like trying, you know. And so Spurs games, and now so, she probably knows all the players and has a favorite. Oh, it's great. And so who's that's, your favorite player? Uh, you know, I don't know. Okay, I, I don't, I don't know if she has one. Dejounte, just yet, probably. You know, probably, yeah. but I don't. I don't know if she has um, if she has one just yet. I know okay. that there's there's the you know our our team's an ever revolving door right now of yeah, players. That's so true. so we don't really you know so it's not really necessarily a, maybe a favorite. But I think overall it's like it's like anytime they do something good, mm. it's it's shocking. So it's yeah. like okay, you know? <laughs> and so and so I think that's that that brings me the most joy right now. Oh, that's so sweet. That's yeah. a great answer. Also reveals your true colors as a Spurs fan. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm a big fan. I got to be honest. I love you. When you talk about the Spurs struggling, you have no sympathy for me. Yeah. None at all. I understand. You guys have been good for so long that it's like, mm, we might miss the playoffs. <laughs> Oh, we might miss the playoffs. And in case anybody's wondering, I'm a Clippers fan. And just we've seen the depths of hell. So so we didn't like I – mean, we haven't liked the Clippers since Chris Paul destroyed us in the playoffs hit, seven games. Hit an amazing game seven shot. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Over Tim Duncan, it was a huge thing, right? So I was like, okay, we already don't like the Clippers. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. But then, of course, you have uh, he who shall not be named. Mm. Go to sign with with the Clippers. Yes. Um, only makes us just like if we've ever prayed harder for somebody to <laughs> never come out of misery ever for the rest. It is for the the L.A. Clippers to never ever 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 in a million years come close to anything awesome. Mm. We won't say his name. No, uh, but I will. Kawhi say, Leonard. Shout it's out Kawhi. Yeah. All right. It's Kawhi. He did it. He broke all of our hearts, and I'm open about it. And 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 he steals joy, but. He does steal joy. But DeJounte Murray, my all-star. Kawhi's stealing my joy right now. I feel like we're cursed uh, as Clippers fans of like, we have one of the best players in the league, and he's never going to play. Because that's what it's like to be a Clippers fan. Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh, it hurts so bad. Shout out to Uncle Dennis, by the way, for making that 
for making that to making this all possible. Transition possible. Oh, Robbie, dude, thank you so much for hanging out. We would hang out anyway, and we're gonna continue to yeah. hang out. But I appreciate you. I truly appreciate you sharing your story. I do think it'll help people, and uh, because this happens a lot. It does. And one of the thoughts that I had not too long ago was we've left so many good people behind because the train has to keep rolling, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot about the people we've left behind. And I just don't think that's what Jesus would do. I just don't think that's how he would do ministry. Yeah. And and if um, – I guess one closing thing, if you, if you are experiencing this, whether you maybe feel like it's – you know, it's about time to start – packing up and, mm. and taking off or, or whether you have recently just been um, dismissed, yeah. transitioned. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I guess pardoned or, or um, mm-hmm. I, I was reading, there was a, a, uh, a thread on Twitter of, yeah. of people just sharing their stories of, of, you know, leaving the church, getting right. fired from the church, uh, whatnot, being freed from the church in, mm. in quotes there. Um, I think, you know, I, I would encourage um, that, you know, the pain you're experiencing is very real. Take your time with it because it's you're gonna you know like there's gonna be people hopefully if your church is is super loving and whatnot that are gonna reach out to you and that are going to encourage you to to come to a service or to right. to to go to this thing or don't be a stranger that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, um, but but you know there there is no pressure to to do any of it um, but I would I would say um, to to lean into to who Christ is for you. Um, allow him to to really restore you and to pour into you. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody the way that you um, the way that you handle your yourself next. Yeah. Um, but but you do still have to honor the Lord, mm. and and that that responsibility doesn't go away from us as as Christians. Um, and if you if you are in ministry, I'll transition now to if you are in ministry, you are serving students. You have the best job in the world. You um, and and I would encourage you um, with with this that that your your boss is not your pastor, but it is the Lord. Mm. Um, and so if you can go to sleep knowing that you've honored the Lord and yeah. how you approached your mission, um, then then I wouldn't say like who cares what anybody else says, but sure. really who cares what anybody else says. Right. That's what um, you're accountable for. Yeah. And so so and and if you end up being dismissed because of that, um, then then who cares? Mm. Just just it's gonna it, you know just keep you keep rolling too. Yeah. Um, be, but, but you know, figure out who Jesus is for you yeah. uh, before it kind of gets to a point where it's like, you know, what do, you, yeah. feel, you feel trapped or you yeah. feel lost or whatever it may be. So. Yeah, you feel like there's nowhere to go. Yeah. And, like, it. I think a lot of people are like, this whole thing was built on a lie. Yeah. Because people haven't figured out who Jesus was for them. And I think it's that would be the natural place to go, honestly. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if we're thinking about it honestly. Yeah. Dude, Robbie, thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Love you. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Oh, man. What a great conversation with Robbie, man. I am so thankful for the way that he opened up and grateful that he shared his heart and he shared reality of what it's like to transition that we put in quotes, right, from a church staff. It's not an easy thing to do. And some of the things that he brought up about finding out who Jesus is to you, that is so hugely significant. Finding your identity in Christ, finding your identity in Jesus, not your identity in the church or the role or your gifts or anything else. And I love the tension in his advice, right? Find out who Jesus is for you, but also don't ignore your calling. You've been given gifts and a calling to do something. So do it. 
And just because you're not part of a 501c3 organization doesn't mean your gifts aren't needed in the spiritual community. I'd like to thank Robbie. Yeah, please show love to him on social media if you see him. Uh, he's a good, good, good dude. If you have questions or you want to ask questions about anything we talked about, you can email me at john at betteronthinside.com or you can find me on Twitter at John Pyle, J-O-N-P-Y-L-E. You can follow me there and ask any questions that you might have. I would love to be able to answer those. This is part of a community, right? Uh, part of creating a church that's better on the inside, changing church culture so that it is better on the inside is building a community and hearing a lot of voices. So I would love to hear from you. Hey, this podcast produced at City Church by some amazing people. Shout out to Kemen, Greg, Kevin, all the folks that make this popular, uh, po popular, make it possible. If you guys can make it popular, that'd be great too. But all the folks that make it possible here, I'm recording at the church right now. So amazing shout out to City Church San Antonio for doing that. And also a shout out for Garrett and the Church Digital Network. It's a part of, I'm part of the network and the podcast. They're putting this on and Garrett does an amazing job editing the episodes. There's so many people behind the scenes that make these things work. It's not just about what we're doing here. So I want to shout them out, take a moment to do that. Please like, subscribe, rate. I haven't even said that before, but rate the podcast. Five-star ratings really do seem to help in everything that we're doing, no matter where you like to listen to your podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify, on Anchor, on whatever the Google Play Store is. Just subscribe to the podcast. Stitcher, there's all there's so many options. And we want to continue doing what we're doing here. And and you as somebody who's listening to this are a part of that. Well, I love y'all and I'll see you soon.